This is episode 91 of the Equestrian Author Spotlight Podcast. I'm Carly Cade, and today I'm speaking with Jance Gardner. Jance is a professional graphic designer and a University of Colorado Denver BFA graduate with an emphasis in digital design. He enjoys most fields of design, particularly logo creation, typography, branding, and layout design. His love is sports design and creating unique, athlete, and team brand-based designs. Jans is passionate about his family, his craft, and his city. Colorado sports are a huge part of his life. Jans strives to work hard in all that he does and enjoys coming up with creative design solutions to complex design objectives. Today, we are discussing how best to work with a graphic designer, book cover design, and the art of the creative brief. Now, let's get into the interview. Welcome to the Equestrian Author Spotlight Podcast, a podcast featuring interviews with equestrian authors who love all things horses and writing about them. In each episode, you'll hear inspirational stories from horse book authors, including writing advice and marketing tips to help you write your very own horse book. If you're an author, aspire to be an author, or simply love horse books, then you are in the right place. I'm your host, Carly Cade, and creative writing makes my spurs jingle. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Equestrian Author Spotlight Podcast. I'm Carly Cade, and today I'm speaking with graphic designer Jance Gardner. Welcome to the show, Jance. Hi. Thanks for having me on. Oh, I'm so excited to speak with you because you are the cover designer of my In the Rain series. And I really want to talk with you today because I, I want to share your knowledge with other authors on how to best work with a designer. Because, you know, sometimes this is like a new area for authors who are looking to design their first book cover or even start working with a new designer. So you're going to give us all the details on what it's like to make that process easier and more cost effective. Because if you don't get it right, it could end up costing a lot of money because yeah. designers work by the hour, right? For sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I thought we'd start this interview off with this really interesting question. When I was reading through the questions I sent over to you, you shared something that listeners would be surprised to learn about you. And it has a connection to horses. So yes. Jan, share with us what listeners uh, would be surprised to learn about you. I'm pretty terrified of horses, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> Before I got married, I was just scared of horses. I rode them one time, like in scouts, and I just, uh, it, it was terrifying. But my wife's family has horses. But at first, I would go up and try and like pet them. And I was like, hi. And they were like, don't look them straight in the eye. I'm like, what do you mean? <laughs> and they're like, they know you're scared. I'm like, well, yeah, I am scared. So I've gotten a little better. I actually fed one from my hand. So that was a big step for me. <laughs> big progress. Well, yeah. they're, they're big animals. You know, yeah. if you haven't been around yeah. them on a regular basis, it, it can be intimidating. I, but I love yeah. that you shared that. So you, you ended up marrying in with someone and that's yes. usually how it goes right. that has horses in their life. The same with mm-hmm. my husband. And at first mm-hmm. he was timid and then, you know, you, it starts with yeah. feeding him something and then you get a little closer. Now, you know, getting into a little bit about your background, I mean, you, you are a professional graphic designer and a University of Colorado Denver BFA graduate with an emphasis in digital design. So, you know, and you, you do free freelance work. Tell us a little bit about your business and the work that you do and kind of like your your wheelhouse areas. Yeah, sure. So I do a lot of freelance. That's basically what I'm doing right now. I worked for a sports marketing company for about four, almost five years. I just didn't like the the culture of it. And then I found, you know, some other 
people to do freelance for. And it just made sense to just quit my full-time job and just focus on freelance. So I kind of do a lot of different things, book covers, uh, branding, page layout, um, some social media stuff. A lot of logo design is what I like to do the most. And then I'm actually working pretty exclusively with one company with doing 3D renderings. Mm-hmm. So it actually entails some like interior design, which I never thought I was going to do. So like laying out their products like within a space just to kind of show pers- prospective clients how it could look in their space if they bought the products. So, Wow, that's that's so cool. Yeah. You know, and that, that's the neat thing about graphic design is like, you can put your hands in a lot of different cookie jars yeah, because there's exactly. a lot of different areas. And you said logo design is your mm-hmm. favorite. I can imagine because that's like kind yeah. of the beginning of somebody's business and to mm-hmm. nail that logo and get that right. Oh yeah. You know, there's, a sure. lot, there's a lot that goes into that. So for sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I love uh, your design process or your philosophy around design. You, you yeah. on your website, it says think, collaborate, create. Yeah. Talk to us a little bit about your philosophy around design and working yeah, with your sure your partners so yeah think collaborate create i think obviously thinking about what you're gonna do is important just getting everything out on the page brainstorming sketching even mind mapping just like uh try and think about what you want to accomplish put it on a page and just see where it goes and then once you get past that stage i say you should collaborate with not only your client but maybe your peers so i'll collaborate with you know a couple of my peers bounce some ideas off of them but being able to communicate effectively, use precise language to accomplish the common design goal is paramount in creating the perfect end result. Mm. Um, so if you can think and collaborate effectively, the creating should be the easy part. I pride myself on being detail-oriented, organized, and efficient, and I strive to create the highest quality work possible and working with clients to to get to that goal. So. Yeah. You do, that is completely my experience with you. I mean, you're detail-oriented. You make sure everything is lined up, but you're also fast, which I so appreciate <laughs> because a lot of times, you know, you yeah. have to wait a long time mm-hmm. for these things. I mean, it, I'm sure bigger projects where you're like creating an entire brand for someone takes right. takes a minute. Yeah, it does. But, but you, move, you move the ball forward very quickly, uh-huh. and I, I really appreciate that. Yeah. And I think that is the smartest way to do it. I mean, when you... I, my background is public relations or PR and messaging, right? It's kind okay. of the same sort of philosophy. Like you have to, mm-hmm. you have to understand where you're heading with a project, or else you can go completely down. Yeah, exactly. The, the wrong, the wrong rabbit hole. Exactly. Yeah. And 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 the best way to do it is think it out. You know, put it all out there, weed it out, revisit it, and then you know the creation part is the very last part. Once you feel like yeah. you've got all the ducks in the row, and I like the collaboration exactly. part too because then you're getting feedback. Yeah, from, exactly. From peers, from other people to help make it even stronger. Because a lot of times yeah. it's the same thing with editing, but you don't see some things when you've been yeah. spending so much time with something. Right. And then getting that. someone else's eyes on it. I mean, mm-hmm. a lot of the time my friend's like, well, what if you change this to this? I'm like, well, there it is. You know, like it made mm-hmm. it perfect. So yeah. Yeah, it's and huge. No man is an island. We, we all have teams of people around us that help us make yeah. our work stronger. And I, I love that you brought that up. The collaboration exactly. piece is huge. And we were introduced from a fellow resident of Colorado. Uh, yep. And she's a horse book author, MJ yeah. Evans. And you've yes. done a bunch of her cover designs. And I asked her, I, I loved your cover designs for her. And I said, who are you working with? Do you mind sharing your contact and that's how you and I got in touch and we redesigned yeah. the in the rains series and I love the work that you did for me talk to us about how you got into working with 
authors on their design projects? Yeah. Well, it kind of just kind of fell into my lap, honestly. My dad's also a graphic designer. He's been doing it for like 30 years. He's a creative director for Furniture Row. I don't know if you've ever heard of them. I don't know if they have them in Arizona. I don't, I don't think know. they have them here, but I but, imagine that's a furniture store. <laughs> yeah, it's a massive <laughs> furniture store. So he's been doing that for my whole life. He would do freelance work for people, just uh, people from church, especially. He met Margie through church and he did several books for her. Um, and then probably a few years ago, she called and wanted him to do a book and he was just so swamped. They own a bed and breakfast too. So he's oh he's got a bunch of stuff going on. So he referred her to me, which I've known her from church too. And so just kind of happened. And now I've done, I think, three or four covers for her and several for you. And mm-hmm. so just kind of turned into this, you know? So, yeah. And well, yeah. and I, I love that we talked about this too, because it's, a, it's really like freelancing, being a creative, having your own business, all of this is sort of all about relationships, right? Like you do good work for one person, they recommend you to another person. And then here you are on the podcast talking to my fellow listeners and authors that are on here to tell them how to best work with a designer. So it's like, we're like this community that ends up coming together and sharing, but it's all about great relationships. I mean, she had nothing but amazing things to say. And I saw the good work you you did. Awesome. And then I was like, oh, well, I think I need to work (laughs) with him. And, you know, and, and I loved it because you got, you got my vision and, uh, and we were, we were easy to work with and we got this thing turned around quickly. And, and again, we recently did work together on my fourth book cover for Beyond Eight Seconds. And you actually, this, this was big, you actually complimented me on the detail of my creative brief. Talk to us about, I have a marketing background, that's why I knew of the creative brief, but talk to us what, about what a creative brief is and, and why it's important when you're working with a designer on any project. Yeah that you're working with someone else on? Yeah. So a creative brief is basically an outline of what you want the designer to accomplish. Very organized. It includes timing. It includes font choices. It includes colors you might like, um, imagery, those kinds of things, just in a detailed, almost like a list. Just be very specific in what you want the designer to do. Because like you said earlier, ultimately it's going to lead to saving you money because the designers not having to be like, what, what do they actually want me to do? You know, because <laughs> half the time, I mean, people send me, they're like, well, I, I need a logo for a, for a basketball camp. I'm like, okay, what do you want in the logo? Like what words? So like, uh, I don't know. I, I, I just have to see it. So a lot of the time I'm like, I, uh, okay. So then I come back with several iterations and like, no, that's not it. That's not it. And then it just turns into like, you know, 10, 20 different iterations that Mm -hmm. ends up costing them money, which. Mm -hmm. So the more detailed you can be with what you want. I know a lot of the time people don't really know until they see it, but the more detail you can provide up front, the better. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And what I recommend authors do when they're looking to build a creative brief for their designer is look at your genre, look at other book covers that yes. appeal to you, right? Um, make sure the designer knows what the book is about, you know, in the horse space. You know, for me, it was really important on in the reins that we, you know, had a horse, yeah. you know, in this this and I wanted it's the silhouette. You know, it's not exactly yeah. to. I mean, I write equestrian romance. It's not exactly like everything you see in the equestrian romance space, but 
that's what I wanted. Yeah. And, and it seems to be working. And, yeah. you know, so look at, you know, look at your genre, look at other p images that are out there that you appreciate, but be yes. as detailed as possible. So for example, I let, you know, I, I sent you the dimensions that my paperbacks will be. So you knew how to build out the yes. spine appropriately, but I did, yes. you know, I gave you creative freedom too. Like the work that you did on the back covers of these are just, I just am so happy. I mean, I gave you a general idea of what I wanted, but then you took yeah. the silhouette and you added that to the back. You know, I told, yeah. I told you that I wanted the, you know, previous books in the series and my logo quote at the top, my book description, a little bit about me here, Bio. but, but you really, you know, you really ran with this and, and yeah. actually I like, I almost like the back of the covers better than the, really? the front <laughs> of the covers. And then here, this one has got the woman on the back, yeah. so, but, but they all flow together. And then I was particular. I told you that I, you know, I wanted this, yeah. the horse exactly. at the top. But, but you helped me out with font. You know, font is not something mm -hmm. I specialize in. So you, you helped me choose the font to make these look the way that they, they do and the series all matches. So a creative brief, basically, if we could break it down, what are the most important chunks to put in a creative brief to, to help? I mean, obviously, what is, I mean, if it's a logo, what is your brand about? Or if it's camp, mm -hmm. like what's the vibe of the camp? A couple images of things that you like right? Yeah. So being specific, I guess I imagine, yeah. because that the back and forth, like the constant, it's like working with a lawyer, right? Yeah, you know, right it's like right. get all your stuff organized. So there's less back and forth because the more back and forth there is, the more time the designer spends and the more money you end up spending, yes. you know? Right. So it's, it's and because when, when I provided you everything I needed, I think we went back and forth once. once. once yeah. Or once. once. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I would say, definitely know what you're designing for like you knew you were designing a book cover you gave me the exact specifications for the book like the size um the size is ultimately where i start right because i need to know how big you want it what the medium is like is it going to be printed is it going to be on web is it going to be on social providing resources for me of things that you like mm -hmm. like say oh i really like how they did this on this book but on this book cover, I really liked how they did this. Mm -hmm. So then I can kind of see what you're envisioning. So it will help me with that vision too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, because as creatives, yeah. we we think we're communicating what we want, but often, you know, it's not clear. I think the most right. important place to start with a designer is being clear, you know, with yes with what what you're looking for. I think when I worked with you on the redesign of the, the book covers, I sent you crazy rich Asians you covers. Yes. Like I like I like this kind of silhouetted, you know, yeah. Feel. And that was perfect. Yeah. And then I sent yeah. you the the back of a couple other books that I liked how it was formatted. And then you uh -huh. you kind of were pretty clear. Like and then yeah. and then I also bought the images I wanted to use. You also have a stock yes. photo hub where you can choose things and kind of put things together. Uh, yes. But I kind of already had it in my mind yes. what I wanted them to look like. But yes. you you work with them on that too. But the but I think you mentioned in your answers to your questions the important thing is is to own the rights to use yes imagery absolutely. that people are sending you right yeah because you're selling this book and making money off of it yeah you definitely need to own the imagery that you use. Do you have like a, a creative brief document that you send to people when they want to work with you the first time to help kind of pull those things out of them. I don't, but that's a great idea. That is a cool <laughs> I idea. Just, I might just use your template, honestly, what you sent me. I mean, oh. if everyone could send me 
something like that, my job would be a lot easier. And yeah. the reason why I knew about the creative brief is that's part of my corporate background. Like I said, we were, well, I'm in marketing. So I knew yeah. a creative brief, that's kind of how the marketing process started in, in my previous companies is, you know, I was the public relations team. I, you know, when I wanted to work with the marketing team to get our messaging aligned, I would send them a creative brief and then they would mm. start designing around that information. Yeah. So exactly. Yeah, so that would be a cool thing to, yeah. to send your to especially authors or any of your clients in the future, just like kind of a something Absolutely. to get them going or started. Yeah. Oh yeah. Cool. All Absolutely. right. I love this. We're brainstorming <laughs> yeah. already. That's yes, so great. We are collaborating. Collaboration. <laughs> yes, sir. Now talk to us about some book cover best practices from your designer mind. You know, how how do you approach book design? But like what what are your thoughts around book cover design? What do you think makes a book stand out from the crowd? Um, honestly, the biggest part of any design, I think, including books, really any design is the typography. So the font, I'm a huge font guy. Like if if the font's not working, none of the design's working, in my opinion. And then I think in today's design world, simple is better. Everything is becoming so simplified. So pairing really simple fonts with simple imagery like we did in your books I think really um, stands out particularly yeah. with the the ebooks the digital books because you're talking about an image yes. like this big exactly. and color choice I think is really important simplicity and fonts yeah. so people you know like I think people are first drawn to to color a lot of times oh yeah for sure and then for me I know horse people are my ultimate audience so the horse yeah. I know I'll pick horse. up anything with a horse on it but I've heard also too that white cover backgrounds don't resonate very well mm. in the digital medium yeah, because they blend in with the background of say Amazon. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. And they don't really evoke much imagination in my mm. mind. Mm -hmm. When I see a white book, I'm like, oh, it looks kind of boring. You mm -hmm. know, it's not something I want to like spend time to read. Like the pages already, the pages are already white inside. Like <laughs> show me what the picture is on the outside. So just, just simple color can evoke so much emotion mm -hmm. and really draw people into your book. So, yeah. So those are all things to consider and think about when you're thinking about your book cover, you know, it's like figure out yeah. what your genre is kind of like, or who your exactly. core audience is. Think about, you know, go in and look at what these little tiny, you know, images look yeah. like on, you know, Amazon and, and help your designer out by providing them with some examples of what, what you like and what, what yeah. you want your product to look like. That's, exactly. that's awesome. Yeah. And then <laughs> this is a question too. Like, so if, if you get the gist of what a author wants to do and what their book is about, and you're the design expert, how do you handle talking with, or even any other client, like with, like, I don't know that the direction you're going is, is going to make the biggest impact. How, how do you have those conversations? Uh, they're, they're difficult. Typically what I'll do is I'll design it the way they like it. Mm -hmm. And then I'll design it the way I think it should be. Ah, smart. And then I present both of them and say, okay, this is how I think it should be. Mm -hmm. What do you think? And nine times out of 10, they agree with me. So that makes me feel good. But <laughs> ultimately it's the better design, I think. You're the professional. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but what, a, what a great way to do it though. Here's yeah. what you were asking for. Mm -hmm. And then here's what I think it could really be with my design experience. What do you yes. think? Like you yeah. throw it over the fence to them and they get to, to decide. And because that, if you're just like, if you just say, uh, no, I don't think so. Well, they'll be, they'll be like, well, okay, why not? 
So if you have something to present to them that's better, they'll be like, oh, okay, well, that makes sense. Yeah, let's do that. So. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Smart. Yeah. <laughs> I've they had teach to learn in, that. Oh, oh I was going <laughs> to yeah. say, why, did they, why don't they teach you that sort of thing in school? <laughs> I know. I, I had to learn that the hard way. I was just like, I don't like it. <laughs> People are like, what do you mean you don't like it? I'm like, I don't know. I just don't like it. So then, so then I thought, well, I'll just show them what it could be. And, mm-hmm. and that's been the best way so far. So. Awesome strategy. I like. Yeah. I like that. I like that. <laughs> Thank you. And, well, it's easy, always easier to make a choice when you can see the the difference between two things. That's, oh yeah, for sure. Like, psychologically wise. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and, and how do you reach your clients? I mean, obviously, we talked about word of mouth. You do good work, yeah. and people recommend you. But I imagine, like, going into freelance business after working for a corporation might have been a little bit nerve-wracking yeah. I think it's nerve-wracking yeah. for anybody to make that decision but you're doing good work and people are referring other people to you obviously I'm referring you to yeah. my my fellow authors yeah, uh, right. I sent a couple of people your way already Margie sent me to you mm-hmm. so but other than that like how do you get the word out about the, the good work you do honestly it's just kind of been like promote my website on my social media definitely word of mouth um, people I've worked with before uh, just have referred me to other people. The company I'm doing a, a ton of freelance for right now is actually a company that one of my old coworkers moved to. Mm. And she told them, she's like, he's amazing. We need to use him. So, so just, I mean, it really is kind of word of mouth. Yeah. So. And making relationships, relationships for readers of your books can be made anywhere. You mentioned, you've already mentioned church. You mentioned being active mm-hmm. in your community. Uh, you mentioned word of mouth, former colleagues, like, you know, yeah. so don't ever underestimate listeners' oh, yeah. power of word of mouth because I believe that's more powerful, really, than and the relationship, right? And of yeah. course, there's got to be the good work in the in the middle, but it mm-hmm. all kind of works together. So if you're doing good work, I think it kind of and you're being great with great with people, which which Jan's is, it just kind of <laughs> like you. grows. So yeah, I love that. Now you are technically an entrepreneur, you're a creative, you're a business owner, you're a freelancer, you work with other creatives. I want to get your perspective, like what has been the best part of all of this? But on the flip side of that, like what has been the most difficult part of, you know, taking on this journey in graphic design? The best part is helping people make their visions become reality, honestly. Mm -hmm. Them coming to me and saying, I really want this to happen, but I don't know how to make it happen. So working with them to make the best design possible. And I love being able to create graphics too, because sometimes it's hard for me to use my words. I'm working on it every day. So being able to make graphics that can portray what I'm trying to say without having to actually say it is really important. And I love creating logos and logos, especially that connect a brand to their audience. Like my favorite brands are Nike and Apple. I mean, you see that little swoosh and you know, their culture, you know, the kind of people that, you know, they attract. So being able to create something like that um, would be the dream. (laughs) And that's, that's the goal every time I design. So the hardest part of being a a creative is being creative. (laughs) Um, Some days I just don't have it at all. I feel no creativity. It's really hard to be creative all the time. Like some days I'm just like, no, but Sometimes the best designs have come out of that because simplicity is always better. Mm. Um, So sometimes when I'm not feeling creative, I get out of my own head and I just throw it on a page. And sometimes those are the best designs. So I embrace those days. I think those days are 
you know, less than the creative days, which is good. So I try and fall in between like where I'm really creative, but pull back a little bit, you know, mm. and revel in the simplicity a little bit. So that's fantastic advice. And I, I got hundred percent agree with you that some days it's just not there. And, it, and as a working. creative, it's yeah. hard to be comfortable with that, but, but it's almost like you have to allow the muse or the creativity or whatever it is like to rest. And then all of yes. a sudden, boing, it pops oh, up for sure. Yeah. But, but I love what you said too, about simplicity. You know, it's like, I think sometimes as creatives, we overthink and overthink and overthink. And then it's like, uh, overwhelm. Yes. yes. And like coming back to, you know, what, what needs to happen here? Like, what's mm -hmm. the one thing I have to do? And then, and, and being quiet about it sometimes is okay too. Like giving yourself yeah. a day off. And oh, I, yeah, for sure. I think that's smart as a, a freelancer and a business owner too, because, you know, it, you, we, I think put in more hours than someone that has like a normal yeah. <laughs> job because we, a, we love what we're doing, but, but also it's like, I have, to keep, I have to keep going. Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, they, they talk about fresh eyes in school. So the, just leave, just leave what you're doing, go for a walk and come back with fresh eyes and see if things change, you know, see something that you haven't seen before or noticed before and um, having fresh eyes always helps. Oh, that's awesome advice for anyone in the creative yeah. realm, whether you're an artist, a, a author or any, you know, anything. That's great yeah. advice. Yeah. Sometimes when you're stuck, the best thing you can do is walk away. Just walk away back, for a little you know, bit. Yeah. Fresh eyes. Exactly. Like that. Yeah. And then what advice would you give yourself if you could go back in time and revisit your first design project? That art is subjective. Mm -hmm. um, not everyone's going to like your work. A lot of the time, a lot of people aren't going to like your work. And you can't please everybody. But if you're trying to reach everybody with your design, you're not going to reach anybody. So be focused on who you're trying to reach and don't care. Well, let's say not don't care, but try not to care what other people think that makes sense oh yeah like or like <laughs> don't be sidetracked by what other people think particularly yes. if they're not your target Audience. focal point yeah right. yeah exactly yeah that and I think that's another tough lesson to learn as a creative right is that mm -hmm. we cannot please everyone and there's you know always going to be trolls or the haters or <laughs> Uh, you know, this true. has come up a couple times on the podcast and it's, it's so, so true. And, but we're like, we're introverts, we're kind of sensitive people. It's, you know, we put our, our hearts on our sleeves. Yeah. Yeah. yeah our hearts on our sleeves, true. our art on the line every time we produce something. But that is like the best lesson I think I've ever learned is that you cannot please everyone. And I, my yeah. heart melted a little when I read that in your uh, responses <laughs> to the questions, because even graphic designers have to deal with that you know oh, yeah, for like sure you are an artist and mm -hmm. and and you're trying to please other people I, I don't yeah. know it's just it's such a it's such a strange thing but I just love that you said art is subjective because it truly is you know yeah like, it really is it's it's hard because like I don't sometimes I don't know if my artwork is good like to me I'm like is this good I don't know <laughs> but once you put it out there and see feedback from the audience you're trying to reach. So just having confidence too. There's always going to be somebody who's better. It's it's true. I mean, in any profession, I think. So just be confident and try not to please everybody and just move on to the next one. 
Yeah, that's great. And keep going and don't compare exactly. yourself to others, you know, stay, yeah. you know, stay in your lane, mm-hmm. maybe keep those blinders on and just keep doing <laughs> good work, you know, good work for your audience that you, yeah. that you're passionate about really, yeah, you know, so sure. great mm-hmm. advice. I love asking this question too, because every answer is a little bit different, but for you, what was the best investment you made in your career? Definitely getting my degree. I've been doing design since high school. Like I said, my dad's been in the design work world forever. It's kind of been in my blood. But in high school, I didn't really know how to put it all together. I had a lot of floating, like random ideas, but I didn't really know the principles and like the theories of design. And I knew the basics of like Adobe programs, but I didn't know how to put all of it together mm-hmm. until after college. Then everything kind of just clicked. that's awesome well yeah yeah. and like you know theory of design and the elements of design like I believe that this is why people should work with professional designers on things like book covers because like we can go and try and make our own but we we don't have that kind of education because I think sometimes authors too are you know especially with like their first books are like I am it's expensive you know and and, Mm -hmm. but but what it is is it's an investment in a great product and good design. But on the other side, if you're prepared, like we talked about in this and you provide a creative brief and you do your research and you educate yourself on what you want, when you go to work with a designer, it doesn't have to be expensive. You know, what would you say to people that think that design is so expensive? Honestly, I feel like a lot of people don't respect design. A lot of people are like, oh, well, he's just making a pretty picture. Like that's like they don't think that creative professionals should be paid well, which is unfortunate. Yeah, (laughs) which is unfortunate because uh, we have all this knowledge of all these principles and theories and ultimately it leads to a better design. There's a lot of people out there right now who think they're designers and they're just, they're not. I mean, Mm -hmm. I I think you got to have that eye initially to spark that desire and to go after that and I think also probably what you learned in school too is like the there's like a psychology behind design that intrigues a human being right and those are the things you know I mean when you talked about font and imagery and color but I'm sure there were classes on the psychology of design right is there like a yeah well what's crazy I took like a principles of design class and then I think what a lot of people don't realize is that you take a ton of art history classes I took five different art history classes spanning from, you know, medieval all the way up till modern now. So I've studied all the different types of art throughout time. So you kind of see what worked, what didn't work. Wow. That is really cool. So you are like a hundred percent an artist. You studied art, you know, art, you know, psychology of art. it, It started with a pencil and a paper with me. So I used to draw all the time and then, high school hit and then that's when I started getting on the computer so mm-hmm. yeah that's cool oh my gosh what a cool story and yeah. you know and branding and design mm-hmm. is art so yeah, yeah it's, exactly. it's something to be appreciated and then again you know going back to the the, the cost if you're if you have your ducks in your row in a row it doesn't cost that yeah, much to that get bad, this done honestly. I mean yeah and, mm-hmm. and it's again it's an investment in your creative exactly. work of art yeah. yeah or or your brand or your business or whatever yeah. you're doing in the world, you know, it's like you, you think that, you know, and I know you, you really are into sports. So sports is a big thing yeah. for you. But if you As think you about, see. yes, all yeah. the brands, though, that are, you know, mm-hmm. 
in the NFL, I'll say, I mean, people like, it's like the Nike swoosh or the, like you said, Apple, Apple yeah. you know, like in the simplicity, but there is stuff going on behind those designs that resonate oh, with people culture. and create yeah. emotion. Yeah, absolutely. And you were part of that. I mean, yeah. how cool is that? So yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you do other things and you were, you know, and then I, I think it's, kind of cool too because I don't I don't feel like you can get stale because there's always kind of something new you can work on with someone you know all yeah. the way from the logo that starts the business to the products that yeah. they create yeah so, brands right now are rebranding to to kind of catch up with the simple times um removing like shadows and gradients and just making flat colors and flat icons that are easily translatable to you know, social and print and all these different mediums. So, yeah, that's a great point. So you just mentioned again, this is this is something that's this is a trend. You know, there's trends yeah. in design, there's trends in writing, Absolutely. there's trends in a, a lot of different things. So this is a trend, sim- simplicity, uh, and whether it's a logo or a book cover, it needs to translate to the digital age and what's going mm-hmm. on with social media because that's where people are being reached. So yeah, that's a great point you brought up. What are you curious about? What's next for you, James? I think you kind of touched at this a little bit at the beginning, but like you're you're adding another layer to the business that you're you're doing right now. Talk to us I about am. what's next. So I got my digital design degree. It's an emphasis, digital design emphasis. So that included not just like branding and logo design, but also motion graphics and 3D design. So creating 3D models like like how like this water bottle let's say mm-hmm. like someone designed this in 3d at some point mm-hmm. and then it transferred over to like an actual product so i'm getting i'm trying to get into more 3d right now i touched on it in college a little bit and it terrified me <laughs> <laughs> so now that i'm working with this other company in, in the 3d space i'm trying to continue to grow that knowledge so that's kind of where i'm going right now trying to learn this 3d program um, I think it'll just open up more opportunities for me. Yeah, that's that's very cool. And why did 3D terrify you? Just because it was like a massive, like technological, like new yes. thing to learn. So yeah. I'm used to X and Y, right? Mm-hmm. In 3D, you have Z. There's a third plane. <laughs> <laughs> Does that make sense? Oh, so yeah. you're not going up or or sideways. You're going like in. through or yeah. in. Yeah. That's yeah. A- so that was really weird i mean right we're in a 3d world so it's not that weird but but designing in that space where you can actually move the object around mm-hmm. and have to texture like the backside of it or see how the lighting is hitting it to make certain shadows it's just it's a lot but it's it's really fun it's really uh what's the word fulfilling mm-hmm. when you get the final product done feel like that's gotta like exercise different parts of your brain too because you're oh, it's almost sure. like engineering like you're looking yeah. at all angles of it because we actually had our house remodeled not that long ago and and that was okay. one of the things that the company offered was this 3d grid yeah. where we could like go all the way around the house go inside the house and like go in the yeah. rooms and see how everything would look and exactly i'm like i don't know how on earth they created that <laughs> but yeah good on you for doing that yeah. And that's cool too, because what you're doing is you're looking towards where's the future of my industry heading? Yeah. How can I best serve the company I'm working with exclusively? And yeah. this is part of that. And it's all about 
staying fresh, dealing with change, yes. taking on new challenges, learning Adding new on stuff. new skills. Yeah. <laughs> That's very much what it's like being an, an indie author. It's like, you, yeah. you're, and everything's changing, right? You learn uh -huh. one thing and then you got to learn this next thing. And then, you it's know, true. it's changing, but you always have to, I mean, even my corporate background, I, you know, it's like, you always have to be thinking about like, what's kind of next, next and, yeah. and be growing in that direction because that's sort of the way life is working yeah. these days. It's like it's true. change and growth and good on you for, for taking yeah. that on. That's exciting. <laughs> well, and I know for sure that you and I will be continuing our work together. I've so enjoyed working with you. Awesome. I think you're fast, you're efficient, you are easy to work with. You're you know, great, great with design. And, you know, if you get all the information to you that you need, you're very yeah. cost effective for, you yeah. know, to me as a, as a designer and you have your education, which yes. is fantastic. So, <laughs> yes. uh, you know, so I know we'll be working together. I'd love for you to, to meet some of the other authors that yeah. are my buddies or people that listen to the show when they're thinking about their book, book project designs, uh, for their book covers, how can, people get in touch with you, Jance, and find out more information about the work that you do? Honestly, just go to my website. It's jancegardner.com, just my name.com. I have all of my social medias on there. I have an about page. You can learn more about me, my process, and I have a contact page. So mm -hmm. it has my phone number, my email. It also has a, a form that you can fill out and just send to me right there. So mm -hmm. it has all my information on my website. So yeah, check me out. I'd be mm -hmm. happy to work with you. It's a good website and he has examples of his work as well. Yes. So it's my portfolio site. So yeah, you can check out all the stuff I've done. So, and I will link to all those places in the show notes. I will provide imagery of the covers that Jance has created for other horse book authors. So you can see some of the work that he's done and yeah, Jance, thank you so much <laughs> for the gift of your time and for coming on the show. I know you were like, a little nervous at first, but you nailed this, man. I really enjoyed talking with you. And this <laughs> well, is the first you. time we've met in person. So yeah, yeah it's awesome. Yeah. It's awesome to meet you. I'm happy to do it. So it was fun. Thanks for joining us this week on the Equestrian Author Spotlight Podcast. I hope you enjoy these Q&A sessions with wonderful equine authors who love all things horses and riding, just like me. Visit my website, carlycadecreative.com, where you can read the show notes. And make sure you never miss a show by clicking the subscribe button now. This podcast is made possible by listeners like you. Thank you so much for your support. Want a free guide to secrets of horsebook authors? Gallop over to carlycadecreative.com forward slash wisdom to have author advice delivered instantly to your inbox. If you are an author, who writes about horses and would like to be spotlighted, please let me know. Visit my contact page at carlycadecreative.com to fill out a request. I'd be happy to have you on the show too. Thank you for tuning in to the Equestrian Author Spotlight Podcast. See you next time. I'm your host, Carly Cade. Creative writing makes my spurs jingle. <laughs>